Hello, this is Jasmine Harmon and Lyric Thomas, and we are doing our presentation on pop culture. And so our podcast is going to be named Inside Out. We talk about various theories that we've learned over the course and how they impact us, um, especially as multiracial individuals, because labeling can mean that our identities are more than they appear at first glance. Um, so our, the point for us is to dissect different ideas, hence Inside Out, um, to reference this theme, to show how discrepancies in views of different people and bias play a role in how they are perceived. Um, we're attempting to analyze these perceptions from an intersectional lens to break them down and analyze why they occurred. So the first thing we're going to start with is Intersectionality by Kimberly Crenshaw, where she basically includes um, how different identities make up one person and how they can affect their life and what they're doing. Um, yeah. So with that, she talks about how um, oppression is kind of compounded. And so the first thing that we incorporated um, into our outline was COVID inequality and how the income, the discrepancies in treatment along class, gender, and race lines um, impacted like the mortality rates and who received the best care. And then we also have a pop culture example. So our pop culture example is Quinta Brunson accepting her Emmy at the awards when she had to step over Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel and accept her award. So basically, it was just like an act of disrespect. Like, she just won her award, and her having to step over him is showing how, like, she is treated unfairly because she is a woman of color, and they aren't normally put in a place where they can win awards, and when they do, it's always, um... You have to work harder for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of brings up for us the question of who maintains the status quo um, and who benefits from race, class, etc. And so who has the privilege because um, for Jimmy Kimmel, that was just a joke to him. But for Quinta, that was like, that, like we talked about in class, that entire moment's going to her that entire acceptance for her is going to be defined by her having to walk over him physically to like get her award and her having to work around him to get the award she worked for. And it will always take away from her... Mm-hmm. like getting that award because even if it is people talking about how it was unfair it's still a main part of her getting that award yeah okay then on to the next one um we had the Colby river collective statement which is a collective of black lesbian thinkers and activists who were focused on um, addressing the causes of oppression against marginalized people but also recognizing that the most marginalized people um so you know queer, black, um, people of color, disabled, like lower class are always going to be fighting and taking everyone into consideration first. So it was sort of like, um, like if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be us. Yeah. They're always fighting for themselves, but no one else is helping to gain like their rights for them. So they're fighting for themselves and everyone else when other people are just fighting for themselves. Um... And then we just, I kind of restructured it just now. We're working as we're going. Um, this kind of relates to um, Megan Thee Stallion's release of her song Anxiety, and she performed it on SNL, and she was talking about the trope of a strong black woman and how um, you're always having to be okay. Um, so we kind of thought about this idea of being Megan having to advocate for black woman because no one else will to give them a voice because she has a platform um 
but also kind of questions like respectability politics and why it's only okay for us to bring up our emotions in a certain way. Um, yeah, so if you have any thoughts on this or like how it relates to like the kind of advocacy. Okay, so yeah, basically back black women like they can only show their emotions in like a certain way and when they're put on a platform they're expected to show and fight for everyone but even though like um Megan Thee Stallion is just like an artist like white artists don't have to always be fighting for something but since she is a black woman like she has to be fighting for everyone mm-hmm. so. definitely all right and then our next piece of do you want to do, do, do you want to do this one since we're already yeah yeah it's perfect it's perfect okay um so our next one is rap artists like dying and being killed so like pnb rock and takeoff have been killed recently and we use refusing blackness as vic- victimization basically they're just oh sorry yeah no, you're good you're good so it talks a lot about um the otherization and dehumanization of black people which makes normal violence more normalized um against black bodies so i think that we really saw this with like how widespread like media surrounding their death was and not only that but like trauma porn where like videos of like the crime scenes and like them laying there were kind of distributed yeah so it's just dehumanizing and people aren't taking into consideration like these are people and since everyone sees them as like black artists like them being killed like it's dehumanization of all black people and not just like oh they're an artist like like they're a big name but black people are killed like all the time by like different kinds of like violence Mm -hmm. and dehumanization of it is just making it worse it definitely normalizes it and like you said because it's always it's race is like an all-encompassing identity rather than looking inside we kind of see this first and we'll associate that with the violence against the pe- black people's bodies. Um, so yeah. And then the next one we have is a TV show on the FX channel, also on Netflix called Pose. Um, and it's basically just about like the New York City ballroom culture in, um, during the 80s and 90s. Um, and so the entire cast is queer and trans people of color. And it was really important in, like, making that representation because all the actresses and actors were also, like, queer and trans people of color, which is really good. Um, so it was really empowering to watch. Um, but they address a lot of the problems that the community faces. Um, and so we related this to queer times, queer assemblages, because we have queer in the literal sense, but we also have it in the relationship to power. Yes, yeah, so taking, like, the queer as, like, literal sense and then queer as, like, relationship to power like these people are using like their different types of like queerness to like put it into like a bigger frame and like use it as power to show people like it's okay but also it can put them in danger but they're risking it for the people and like how um they should definitely oh good and i think that definitely relates to visibility I think there's two sides because on the one hand you do have normalization more but at the same time whenever you show certain narratives of like violence against people um like one of the characters is a trans sex worker and she ends up at the end of the season murdered um by one of her clients and so it was actually reflective of like a real life person being a sexual but it was to show the violence of the trans community cases and particularly trans people of color um I think it just shows representation as two sides, like it can normalize, but it can also normalize 
the conditions that have created marginalization. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, good to talk about it, and it's good to show, like, there is still danger, and, like, this isn't a fixed problem, and people need to realize, like, this is still a major issue, and, like, using shows to, like, use their platforms, that's good, but it can also be dangerous to normalize. Definitely. Um, and I think it's all about, like, representation and what's being represented. Yeah. Because um, not only do we want, like, just good representation of people, we want, like, all representations. Because then it's not just one image yeah. of people. Um, and then the next one we have is, so Sashi and Littlefeather died recently. I want to say a couple of months ago, within the last couple of months. Um, and so if you pull her up on Google, doing it right now. You look and Marie Louise Cruz, better known as Sashin Littlefeather, was an American actress, actress, model, and activist on behalf of Native American civil rights. So she wasn't actually Native, like she actually wasn't Indigenous. And so people applaud her for her work on behalf, but also like her appropriation and claiming Native identity. And then Andrea Smith as well claimed to be Indigenous, so kind of brings up the question of who's legit yeah so for like indigenous people it can't be based like in my opinion like i don't think it can be based on like blood quantum or like anything like that and like i feel like it is definitely like a who raised you and like where you come from and like how like it affects you i guess but also like um what's it called like pretend not pretending but like yeah pretending to be like native american and like using that to like give yourself a platform is super damaging because like most people like like the people that are native they're in they like have been put in situations that are really bad for them so like pretending to be like that like or like appropriating that culture is just like it's not okay Mm -hmm. and I feel like that needs to be taken into account but also you can't really tell who is indigenous yeah so yeah and like we were talking about in analytics of indigeneity because the state has like restricted who has access to benefits like um like reparations from the government and like they've restricted who has like res cards like they've restricted who has like paper claims to being indigenous i think so that also makes it harder just as much as like it is a weird situation for people to claim to be native and like having proof for that is definitely a very tricky situation as well and we also talked about like that like atlantic slave trade like it took like a bunch of black people from all over yeah and it just like put them anywhere so like talking about indigenous people is kind of hard because black people don't have a land and we talked about how like land is always taken back but like Mm -hmm. since black people don't have like an indigenous land or like they can't be like indigenous anywhere like it's not really fair to be like oh they aren't indigenous yeah so so we were talking about like how they're always at odds because we want land back but whose land will take it definitely um yeah so i think that it definitely shows like at first glance this might a lot of these things might just be like our status quo and like things that we're used to in our lives and things but like when we examine them more we kind of see the role that like gender racing class and different systems of oppression play in kind of um upholding these and allowing these to happen yeah they're definitely overlooked issues and i feel like they definitely need to be talked about more and like looked into more and i feel like since in our society they are so overlooked like there needs to be a way to bring more attention to them and like Having this class, I feel, was really good to, like, bring, like, even my attention. Like, I knew about, like, a bunch of stuff, but I feel like I didn't look into it deep enough. So I feel like it was really good to learn more and definitely 
we'll look into more things. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening.